Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave Podcast. Today, I am going to share with you the process of coaching pregnant and postpartum athletes who are professional level athletes. Now you might think this is not really something that you can relate to because maybe you enjoy exercising recreationally, maybe you just run or do CrossFit or whatever, but there's been a lot of things that I have learned from coaching professionals through their pregnancy and postpartum and every single thing is transferable to people like you and me. And I think that there's a lot of value from seeing how the top level athletes approach their training through these seasons and how that influences their lifetime of athleticism, their career, their body, their performance, all of these things. And if they are willing to approach it strategically, I think there's a lot of value in how we go about navigating those chapters and approaching training so that we too can pursue fitness in whatever way we want to even if it's not at a really high level, but in a way that feels enjoyable and healthy for the lifestyle that we want. There's a quality of life component that fitness delivers, whether you are a professional athlete or weekend warrior or something in between. And I think that we can learn from how these athletes approach their pregnancy and postpartum on behalf of accomplishing the the goals. And those goals, again, are so transferable. It doesn't have to just be returning to a competition or anything like that. It really applies to everything that we are trying to do to maintain our health and fitness throughout our lifetime. So I've been able to work with quite a few athletes from Olympians to CrossFit Games athletes to Miranda, the UFC fighter. And there's something, common themes that exist between all of them. They are willing to do whatever it takes to as much as they can guarantee the best shot at returning to what they want to do when they become mothers. And that means for them, even though they have the most athlete brain that you possibly can have, like, I mean, you have to have athlete brain when you are competing at the highest levels in any given sport. And the people with the best athlete brain really know how to leverage it to work for them, not against them during very specific times and seasons. And so the buy-in that so many of us more average athletes tend to fight against is not as big of a struggle for my higher level athletes. They see that their body is changing. It's going to require a different approach than normal. And they are willing to do whatever it takes now on behalf of long-term. They are so good at seeing the process, trusting the process, embracing the process where a lot of us 
tend to get really consumed with the right now. And it's really hard to be able to zoom out. But when you're a professional athlete, you are so focused on being able to zoom out so that you can make specific adjustments on your way so that frankly, you're peaking at the right time. That There's a science to that. That's what my job quite literally is when I'm in the trenches with these athletes. And that's something that I wish so many more of the people who follow me on Instagram, people that go through these programs that I've created, um, just your average mom wanting to have a fit pregnancy and return to what she wants to do postpartum could keep in mind is you're not training for right now. Your training and your choices and your approach have everything to do with what you want to do a year from now, right? And what you're really wanting to do throughout your lifetime, which isn't you don't want to be limited. I think that's really what it comes down to is I don't want to feel limited mentally, physically, um, athletically. You want to be able to have the freedom to do the things you want to do and to keep doing them in the capacity that you can do it, even if that capacity looks different. Well, professional athletes, they really, that's their job. They have to perform. They have to have that kind of mental resilience and they have to be able to trust that their body can do what it needs to do without the overthinking or second guessing that's that can happen so often. So in order to build that level of trust and automaticity of the body that is fully recovered and able to perform well at a very high level, there's a lot of reverse engineering that needs to happen in approach mentally, physically, and with overall coaching strategy. So what that looks like with working with professional athletes and how it can look for you if you are newly pregnant, you enjoy working out, maybe um, you lift or you run or you honestly, whatever, whatever you want to do, all of these lessons are transferable. doesn't really matter what sport or fitness outlet it is, is you can get a baseline of your tendencies during pregnancy. Know what you're maybe more prone to as an example. And if you've listened to this podcast and listened to the episodes, Miranda and I have recorded together, you'll have already known this. Um, but Miranda's a UFC fighter. And one of her tendencies that I noticed very early on in her pregnancy was she was somebody who like really squeezed her glutes under and kind of held tension there. And in Muay Thai and, and kickboxing and whatnot, that's a very standard stance that's drilled into her brain since she was a kid. And so because she had that posture athletically and just in her daily life, I knew that that was more tension held in her glutes. And that would be something I would need to be aware of because that could potentially put her at more risk of pelvic health symptoms like incontinence or pelvic organ prolapse, just because I needed to make sure that as her, uh, as the baby grew, as her belly grew, as her training changed during pregnancy and then birth as being kind of an X factor that we couldn't predict during pregnancy, um, I knew I wanted to make sure we untrained and trained in a really appropriate way for her unique body. So it's getting that inventory of what are your unique tendencies? Do you have a really thrusted rib cage? Do you hold your breath all the time? Do you squeeze your glutes? Do you hold a lot of tension in your abs and your pelvic floor kind of gripping and kind of always holding it in? It's just getting that idea of what you do and how you do it both in exercise and your activities of daily living. This does not have to be something that you become super neurotic about, but we can use exercise as a tool to develop the underdeveloped and to 
complement what is already done ex- extremely well and introduce ways of improving the things that honestly could use some improvement. So for Miranda, again, for Miranda, this is a very easy thing, I think, to visualize. If she stood with her glutes constantly kind of tucked and squeezed under her, I knew her pelvic floor was probably really tight. So we really, and based on just conversations with her, I was able to kind of get that idea and understanding. You know, we made sure that she did a lot more glute exercises and changed the position of her glutes and changed her range of motion so that they were becoming a lot more involved. And that put the pelvic floor in a better position to coordinate with the rest of her system, her breathing, her tension, things like that. And that was a really helpful thing for her to do because frankly, it's made her a better athlete. She has stronger legs, stronger glutes, more coordinated core system. And we were able to do all of that proactively in pregnancy. And that's why pregnancy is such a great time to be really proactive with your training so that you're not trying to like catch up postpartum in it where it's just this, I don't know, where you're just like trying so hard to learn as much as you can when you're already in a season of being sleep deprived and like, wait, what do I need to know about my body? What do I need to do? If you're getting ahead of it during pregnancy and again, being really proactive about how you're training beyond exercise modifications, it can make such a positive impact on birth, on your postpartum recovery, and just that confidence that you have postpartum getting back into the kind of movement and activities you want to do because you have such a great understanding of what your unique needs and tendencies and considerations are. And then being able to adjust the the mindset toward your training. I mean, this is where that athlete brain conversation comes in. Again, with my professional athletes, most of the time, I don't have to like sell them on it, right? Like I don't have to do a lot of teaching or convincing about like why they need to sort of drop the ego and embrace some changes. They get that. They totally understand it. And it's a lot more intuitive. It is my very recreational, like my CrossFit moms, my triathletes, my runners, my yogis that like sometimes like want to fight me, right? They're like, no, like kind of have this attitude of exemption. And I say this, like, look, I, I like was this person through and through like the truest walking definition of athlete brain. And still I'm in many ways, you know, where there's just this attitude of like, well, this doesn't apply to me. The best athletes understand that it does apply to you. How you approach right now directly influences later. So we can't control a lot of things, but we can approach our choices surrounding exercise and what our motivation there is. Our bodies are supposed to change. Our performance is supposed to change. It is not a time for maintenance. It's a time to preserve what you can for your body. And that's not preserving like, oh, I want to keep being able to do this squat set at a certain reps, or I want to keep being able to do pull-ups or box jumps or whatever it might be. It's not that kind of uh, preserving movements or abilities. It's just kind of preserving your body so that we're not putting more vulnerability on it than what's already occurring. And again, that can be really hard for those of us who use exercise as um, an extension of our identity, our worth, our ability, Obviously, aesthetics change a lot, and that can be a really hard thing for people to see. And again, when we're able to zoom out, we can embrace the process rather than fight the process and resist it and make it so much harder mentally and physically. 
the best athletes just learn quickly how to surrender to what they cannot change or control and adapt accordingly. I've seen that over and over and over, and it pays off every single time. My success rate with working with professional athletes is incredible. And it's because we look at the whole picture. It's understanding their brain, their unique needs, their bodies, and their performance goals postpartum, and then being able to reverse engineer the entire process. That's like an 18-month to two-year process we're talking about here for the very best athletes. And if their process is that big and that powerful, I mean, it says a lot about what people like you and me, like what our process looks like when our life changes, when our body changes, when our needs change. There are so many variables to take into account. And if the best athletes are needing to dedicate at minimum a year and a half to adapting, taking a significant step back and trusting a significant rebuild season, we can too. So I think there's a level of permission we have to give ourselves to pause, to do things differently on behalf of the rest of our lifetime of athleticism. One thing you won't see from me on social media is like a hyper focus on only talking about pregnancy or postpartum or diastasis or pelvic health or whatever. Like I talk about the big picture all the time. I share it personally. I share it with athletes I coach. I share how all of these things just like can influence our process, right? Influence our lifetime, not just this one season. It's not appropriate for me to be hyper-focused on only pregnancy or postpartum content because it's the rest of our life that really dictates so much of the advice and coaching that goes into those particular seasons. And I think that's like a really important thing for us to keep in mind is there is life beyond these seasons. They are incredibly powerful seasons, life-changing seasons, frustrating seasons. Yes. And I want to be here to remind you of what is ahead and why it's important to make some of these adjustments and what we can do to be really proactive about our approach so that we're not on the other side saying, God, I wish I would have gone about that a bit differently or not really knowing what to do and feeling like you're having to Google and search through all the things to try to get answers about your body or dealing with some nagging symptoms or injuries. Like what can we do, at least in the ways we can control to proactively get ahead of that? And that is what these professional athletes want, right? They're willing to adjust their their brain and how they approach their training and how they view themselves. And it's still hard and they're willing to do it because again, they can trust a process and know that peaking is like literally a day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year strategy. And this is just another example of that is like trying to peak when you're over a year postpartum, right? That's for for the most part, most of my professional athletes go back to peak competing at a high level around that year mark. So I'm a little bit before just kind of very dependent on what their needs are. And when you're a professional athlete, this is your job. There's sponsorships involved. There's lots of different variables that are not always within their control. So again, How do we control the things we can and how do we adapt to the rest? That is something I wish all of us could really put into perspective 
and be able to embrace a little bit more confidently rather than fight it and be pissed about it and be frustrated with themselves or, well, I just want to do this for my work. I just want to do that. It's like, no, like you get to do this now because you, you're going to get to do it later. You're going to get to do more later. Like our training shouldn't be the same day in and day out and every week and every month and every year. It should not look the same. It shouldn't. And if it does, we need to change something anyway. And that's why so many people end up doing really well after having babies because they finally gave their body the opportunity to do something different, to go about it differently, to eat more, to heal, to train less, to like honestly just reset a huge reset, right? Growing a baby is a big deal. Um, birth and postpartum recovery, all a big deal. And it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. And when you can start looking at it that way, I swear there's something that that really changes with how we go about that process. And I felt that so strongly with my second baby when I when I approached it that way versus how I um, was with my first, where I was like so desperate to like hold on to everything I was, the identity, the physical abilities, the almost like the just that athlete brain was so strong. And then my second time around, it was so much more willingness to just adapt and know like what was ahead in like a really positive way. It felt easy because I I understood, you know, there's just like that mom maturity that comes into place and professional athletes kind of have that earlier than I think the rest of us, because they can see it. They see it so clearly. Now, when we talk about birth, being able to have um, a really open mind, and that can be really hard. A lot of us think that, well, if I do this and I do that, and I know this, and I am this fit, then that's going to guarantee a certain birth outcome. And one thing I try to assure all of the professional athletes I coach is there is no right or wrong way to have a baby. Both a vaginal birth and cesarean birth is a significant physiological process and does require a strategic recovery process, but a C-section is not going to set you back athletically. It is not going to set you back athletically. Please know that. Just seriously, please know that. <laughs> and a vaginal birth doesn't have to set you back athletically either. And they are honestly, they just have different considerations and it's all at such a unique and individual level. I think C-sections get such a bad reputation in terms of like what that means for fitness and postpartum recovery. And honestly, like a vaginal birth, there can be a lot of tearing. There can be significant trauma to the pelvic floor. So um, there's just, there's no one right way to have a baby. And the bottom line is our female athletes need support. They need compassion. They need to be informed about what their choices are. And they need to feel really confident that regardless of how their baby comes out, there can still be a game plan for their return to performance and it will be okay. Those game plans just look different. Uh, professional athletes are also so good about bringing different experts to the table. You know, they have a psychologist for this thing. They have an athletic trainer for this. They have a physical therapist for this. Like they're so used to having a team of people around them who all bring something different to the table. Well, when it comes to pregnant and postpartum athletes, we want to have certain team members as resources. So working with a PNPA coach I mean, I only take on a handful of people, but any of the coaches that have gone through my certification program can help with this. So working with a PNPA coach who really understands how to approach training through pregnancy, how to return to 
your level of performance postpartum while still honoring what your individual needs are. Like that's a game-changing person to have as a coach or consultant. Working with a pelvic floor physical therapist through pregnancy and postpartum, honestly, during pregnancy, it can be maybe one or two consultations. There are virtual options available. And then postpartum around the time, generally speaking-ish, that you are cleared. And this can be a conversation between you and your pelvic health PT. So having a conversation with them prior to beginning exercise and then rehabbing postpartum and having their guidance with you. And for the most part, you might just need like a few consultations, check-ins just to make sure that, you know, you're really dialing in things right for your unique needs. And I can't emphasize that enough. There is no one size fits all approach to postpartum recovery. We have some foundations. You can check out my, I have a free resource, six moves for the first six weeks postpartum that kind of helps guide those early weeks where you want to do something, but like, you're definitely not ready for like full on exercise, just very basic rehab movements that prepare you mostly just prepare your brain and get refamiliarized with your core and pelvic floor connecting there so that it does prepare you to begin a postpartum rehab program, like my eight week postpartum athlete training program. So you'd want to go through something like that. And again, professional athletes are so good about understanding that yes, they need a team and they need very specific guidance so that they are able to really trust that they have a game plan in place and just follow the plan. Don't deviate from the plan. Don't bring in another plan. You stick to the plan. And that's going to give you your best opportunity long-term. The second the ego tries to come in and override is the second we start to run into problems, doing too much too soon, kind of assuming that you're more ready than you are. And something I like to tell my athletes is if you are second guessing, if you're ready to do something or not, like you probably already have your answer. So if you're like, should I go out on that run? And you're having to question that, or you're thinking about DMing that to me, you already know, like, right. Like you shouldn't have to question it when you, when your readiness is there, you're going to feel confident. You're like, yeah, I know I'm ready. Like I've put in the work I've rehabbed. I've strengthened my body. I'm feeling really good. I don't have any symptoms. I am ready to run. I'm ready to try it. When you're second guessing, that tells you you're not quite ready. And that's um, something that's really applicable for my professional athletes who know their bodies so well, but we do when we can really put our, ourselves in check and have those conversations and actually be willing to, to consider like, <laughs> I don't know, basically like being willing to have a conversation with our ego and that um, almost like for me, it always feels like it's anxiety that motivates that it's like, well, I feel like I should be able to do this or she was doing that or um, my, it's like your own expectations, right? And so you have to be able to really have an intelligent conversation with yourself. And this is also why having a coach guide you and a pelvic floor PT is so helpful because it takes that second guessing out of the equation. So that's something that I, I like all my professional athletes to do is just get a good team around them, have guidance that they can trust a program to follow. And then really be able to like reassess once you're out of that fourth trimester, your first like three to four months postpartum are like so heavily focused on relearning your new body and rehabbing to your specific needs, getting consistent in some kind of movement, but mostly just acclimating to the lifestyle change that 
is becoming a mom, whether it's your first baby or your last baby, whatever it might be, your sleep, your nutrition, your your hormones, your exercise, everything has changed. And that is a significant season of adaptability where movement is great and it's just not your first priority right now. And that's okay. Again, when we can zoom out, it is such a small, small, small chapter. And frankly, the longer you take to reintegrate, the better off your body is going to be. There is so much value in resting and healing and emotionally healing, mentally adjusting. Like there's so much value in not putting that pressure on yourself to like get back into a normal routine, whether it's like food or exercise or whatever. Like grace is the biggest gift you can give yourself. And that's something that my professional athletes know, like not putting that extra layer of pressure because that, that shit can spiral so fast. Well, I'm just going to try to count my calories today, just, you know, to make sure this or that, and it can spiral. Well, I'm just going to go out on this walk. Well, actually, maybe I can see if I can run and then it spirals. Like there are so many things. So just take that pressure off of like what you think you should be doing and know that the slower you reintegrate, the better off you're going to be. I have never, ever had an athlete say, God, I wish I would have gotten into working out a lot faster postpartum. No one has said that to me. No one. I've worked with thousands of people, but I've had thousands of people over the years say, I really wish I would have taken more time. I really wish I would have just like been able to chill my brain and my body a bit more, gone about it a slightly different way. Uh, where there was like less pressure and just more enjoyment for the body I was in and the season I was in. And I hope that that sentiment really resonates um, because I certainly wish I would have gone about my first postpartum recovery differently. I was so, um, so consumed by not wanting to look like I had a baby. I just wanted to like, oh God, like I need to change what I look like. I don't like what I look like. I don't like how I feel. I'm so overwhelmed. Exercise is my only outlet. And again, it was just like such a spiral of like unhealthy behavior that robbed what I should have been focused on, which was honestly learning to be a mom. And I, I hate that. Like, I hate that I was so consumed by my own bullshit that it took away aspects that I, I just won't get back. And so when I had my second baby, I just remember thinking like, I was like at so much freaking peace because I knew that time was going to go by anyway. And I knew that rushing the process was not going to serve me or my mental health or my experience. And so it was so much easier to be patient and accepting and like actually enjoy the postpartum process as much as you can when you're not sleeping and like whatever, but just reducing the internalized pressure I put on myself made the biggest difference. And I feel that, you know, it's our, our own expectations. And like, I call it like toxic Brie. Like when she comes out, like I'm miserable. And you know what? Like most people around me are miserable. And I know that there's a time to leverage that side of myself. And there's a lot of times where that side needs to be freaking buried and postpartum that that side of me needs to be buried because it's just, it does not serve me and it does not serve my experience long-term. And it's a lot easier for me to talk about myself here than talk about different athletes I've worked with and their experience here. But just know that like, this is not just a, a me experience. This is something that so many of us go through when navigating our new life, our new body, our new baby, all of those things while still wanting 
to have our athletic identity and abilities and feel like, like good in our bodies again and feel like we can. And let me tell you, I am like five years removed. My baby just turned five. And it's, I just like, can't even believe I'm saying that seriously. I know it's so annoying when you're like, yeah, it goes by so fast, but it, it really does. It really does. And I, I just want to tell you like, God, you have, there's so much ahead and you're not going to suck. Like you're going to get better. That's the thing. If you like drop the ego and learn about your body and how it's changed and how it's changing and how incredible the human body is, and you're really willing to drop all of like the toxic things that have typically driven your health and fitness and how you train and shift how you go about it, you will be a better athlete and you're going to enjoy it so much freaking more. And I am so glad that my boys get to see me be an athlete and do jujitsu with them and lift in the mornings. And that's very normal for them to see. It's it's normal for them to know that I'm going to go out on a run or for them to ride their bike and want to run with me. This is the rewarding shit. This is what we're actually training for, right? It's not just to be fit during pregnancy or to get your body back postpartum. No, like that's so narrow-minded, honestly, in that, in that approach. And I get it. We're really training for everything else that happens after. And again, professional athletes are so good at seeing that because they understand process. They understand peaking. And you can too. I feel now in my mid-30s with two little boys that like, I'm such a better athlete now than I was prior. And it's because I know my body differently. I know how to train for sustainability. I know how to not be an asshole to myself. Um, And it makes such a big difference in how I go about my training and I reap the rewards of that. I am so much more versatile now. And I think it's because it took pregnancy and postpartum to kind of humble me, to really adapt and go about things differently. It's just a really big adjustment, but it was really powerful in my life. And I've seen it be so powerful, not just with the professional athletes I coach, like they come back and they freaking kick ass. And it is so awesome to see, but I've seen this become really powerful for so many athletes. We've seen such a cultural shift in the messaging and information that we have access to now. It's literally what my business has been dedicated to for like gosh, six, seven years now, like really of just trying to put out good, trustworthy, reliable information that was actually like relatable. So people understood what to do, creating really qualified, trustworthy coaches who get you so that you have these resources. That shit did not exist when I had my first baby. There was no coaches who understood me. There was no guidance. And we have that now. We know what to do and how to do it and when to do it. We have that information now. And I'm so freaking proud of that. Like, it's awesome. And we can see it used at the highest levels and how effective it is at those high levels and how transferable it is to the rest of us who just like literally want to go do a one mile run with our, with our toddler, right? Where they're on their bike and they're able to go with us. So, I mean, that's, it's a really big picture of, of what training can look like and what makes it all really, really worth it is really keeping in mind that big picture and making strategic adjustments on the front end. Speaking of, I don't know if you heard that. 
So um, yeah, always an interruption with this kind of thing, but yeah, you know, it's just, I think we really just have to be able to look at what we want to do, not just at a year postpartum, but for the rest of our life and be able to embrace whatever season we're in now, whatever symptoms you're experiencing now, whatever uh, mental health challenges you're experiencing now, we do have options. We do have support. We do have ways to help you with what you're experiencing and give you the tools and strategies to, to get you to the place that you want to be, you know? And again, it might look different. Not all of us are going to be performing at this super, super high level, right? But we can still perform. We can perform at our own levels and our own capacity, whatever that looks like, even if it's different, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. And I know that that's where so many of us get tempted to go into is this black and white thinking, the all or nothing um, approach to exercise, our body, our training, our overall experience. And it doesn't have to be that way. We have so much gray area to navigate. And I know that it can feel really overwhelming and confusing, but if we're able to really zoom out and keep perspective, there's so much we can do proactively during pregnancy and during our postpartum rebuild on behalf of our lifetime of athleticism. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, I'd love for you to leave a review and rate the show. It really helps get this out into the world. If you're a coach, consider working through the pregnancy and postpartum athleticism certification so you can help people navigate chapters like this. And if you're an athlete looking to um, like stop second guessing your training during pregnancy or postpartum, I do have fitness programs for you, the Pregnant Athlete Training Program and the eight-week postpartum athlete training program both kind of hold your hand and help you navigate where your body is at right now, both from a core and pelvic health perspective and long-term athletic performance. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will uplevel your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you. And please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Bye.